0: All right. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Keith Heights Baptist Church, and uh, we have had a great morning already with Sunday school and our church time. Have enjoyed the time together and just had a, a few bites to eat, and uh, ready for the afternoon service. And I heard, uh, I heard that Miss Linda Craig was going to get to go and sit outside of Jennifer's window and listen to the service today. So if you guys are tuned in. Uh, I want to say hello to Miss Jennifer, and thank you for tuning in, and for Miss Linda, and certainly a uh, joy to have you listening this afternoon. And uh, if you're not tuned in, I guess you'll have to listen to that later and hear my greeting. I guess so. Anyway, all right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Second Peter chapter number three. Second Peter chapter three. And uh, boy, I tell you, I have I have read so many things by pastors that. They've written to their churches in recent weeks, and I've watched a lot of videos that pastors have made for their people in recent weeks, and uh, just trying to uh, encourage folks and trying to uh, tell them to, to stay steadfast and, and be strong, and um, so uh, I want to we're going to deal with that topic today in some degree, and uh, hopefully it'll be a help to you, because a lot of times uh, as preachers, a lot of times we preach on uh, things that, uh, that are direct action for us. In other words, uh, we ought to do this. Uh, you know, uh, For instance, uh, we ought to go out and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. Or uh, let's, let's do something else. Let's do something maybe along this line. Uh, you ought to be growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And boy, it's great. And it's in Scripture. And the truth is there. It's very easy to see. And a lot of people see it. And they they get stirred in the service and they leave there thinking, boy, I'm going to... And they make the decision, I'm going to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they think on it all night, Sunday, and wake up on Monday morning thinking, boy, I'm going to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they go, but how? (laughs) How do I do that? Uh, So today we're going to try to do some of that with regards to uh, uh, the encouragement that we should be getting from... Uh, God's word during times like what we're going through right now. Um, how do we how do we remain steadfast? How do we remain strong? And uh, I, I wrote a quick title down uh, for the message. I, somebody had mentioned recently that we need to start giving our sermons titles, but um, uh, solid ground in shaky times. All right, how's that one? Uh, so something that we can anchor to uh, when times are certainly not what they should be. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to try to help you with some of that uh, this afternoon from God's Word. And I'd rather, uh, I'd rather Him tell us how to deal with it than Brother Greg, because to be honest with you, I don't know how to deal with it unless God tells us how. So um, I'm thankful that we have His Word to sustain us in these times. Second Peter chapter 3, and uh, I'm going to uh, read uh, just a few verses here. Uh, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both uh, which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, that apostles of, uh, uh, of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. And, and I just want to use this to kind of um, launch into this mindset that nothing that we're going to teach you today. Is, is of uh, anything new. It's not a new truth. But Peter understood the importance of time to time being reminded, uh, our, our memories being stirred by way of remembrance. Uh, because there are some things in the Christian life that even though we, we know them and we hold to them, we are need to be reminded of them. Uh, how often in Scripture does the Bible speak of uh, having our hearts stirred? Uh, Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that was in him. Uh, the psalmist uh, didn't word it with the word stir, but he used the idea restore unto me uh, the joy of thy salvation. And so many times uh, we, we know Bible principle. And a lot of Christians know enough about Bible principle and things in Scripture that we ought to be able to hold to them and allow it to sustain us during times like what we're facing. But from time to time, when we get into the situation, we forget those truths or we're not, we're not mindful of them. And so I want to share uh, four things with you today that we need to be mindful of. We need to keep in our minds and keep reminding ourselves of them from Scripture. The first one we're going to find in Philippians chapter number three. Philippians chapter number three. And um, again, uh, there's probably well over, there's probably well more in Scripture than just the four that we're going to give you. But we'll give you four of them today. Philippians chapter number three. And we're going to read several verses, beginning in verse number 3. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. And understand, this is the Apostle Paul speaking here. "...circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things." And to count them but dung that I may win Christ. Brother Dan and I were talking the other night about some of these people sometimes that uh, get up in churches and they talk about their past life and the sinful uh, condition they came from before they were saved. And how they oftentimes will talk about, boy, I gave up so much of this and I gave up so much of that. And by the time they're done, you almost feel sorry for them, that they had to give up everything to, to follow Christ. But Paul says the same thing. He said, I gave up everything. But he, he follows that up with this. He said, but I counted them all but dumb. He said, they weren't important to me. When I, when I put them alongside of what I gained, he said they were nothing. And I, I think we've got to be so careful in the world that we live in that we not glorify the things that we gave up and hold value to them because there is no value to them. Uh, the value is what we gained by following Christ. So notice that Paul says that uh, those things in verse number 7 that were gained to me, those... I counted for loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, notice, that I may win Christ. Doesn't matter how much you think you might have given up in this world, there's nothing to be compared to winning Christ. What an amazing thought. And be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, But that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death. This is what we would call our Christian walk. That we may know Him, the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, and being made conformable unto His death. This is what our walk with God is all about. If you want to know what we're supposed to be working and laboring toward in our walk with God, this is a great verse for it. In verse number 11, if by any means I might attain under the resurrection of the dead, not as though, notice this, verse number 12, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Folks, he's talking about his life. He says, I don't think I've arrived yet. I've not apprehended. I've not not succeeded in all of these areas. The areas that we mentioned in verse number 10. He said, "I've I've not reached that. I've not attained that. But he said, I do press toward it. That's my mark. That's my goal. That I may know Him, the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable unto His death. That's the mark. The Lord Jesus Christ being our example, that is the mark. And the first thing we need to hold to, and and when we talk about being steadfast and standing on on solid ground in shaky times, one thing we've got to keep in mind is that our, our walk with God must continue. It's easy in trying times, especially in times like this, for us to get our heads down, to lose sight of of our walk with God and our time with God. One thing I have noticed, and this has been so encouraging to me, in the, the um, if, if anything good can come from uh, something as bad as the coronavirus, I have seen families that are being they're now spending time with each other. I'm talking about mom, dad, kids, pet walking down the, the roads at night and taking evening strolls together, spending time around the dinner table, being at home more, and uh, things that are there. And, and I've seen a, one of the things that was encouraging to me last Sunday uh, uh, was how many churches complained <laughs> that their live stream crashed. That's encouraging to me. There were so many people in the United States of America trying to tune into a church service that, that it they, they crashed the system. And I'm not talking about just here at the Heights. I'm talking about uh, people I knew in Florida, people I knew in Kansas, uh, people I knew in California, all suffering problems with their, their, their live stream crashing because there was a hunger and an appetite. And if this thing has done anything, it's caused us to take a, a moment to inventory our hearts and our souls and to realize that we have allowed things that should be priority in our lives to become secondary. And how we need to get that back into the priority of our lives. Can I tell you, the greatest thing in a Christian's life is our walk with God. Paul said this. He said, I I have lost all things uh, uh, for Christ, that I may know Him, the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His suffering, being made conformable unto uh, His image. And he says, I press toward that mark. One thing we need to be reminded of and keep mindful of in order for us to remain steadfast in trying times is that we must not neglect our personal walk with God. The most important thing in your life. Um, I have practiced this for many, many years. Whenever anyone has ever come to me and needed some counseling for any reason, that that, uh, the first thing that we deal with is their walk with God. And I have found that in the vast majority of cases, that's the issue. It's not the it's not the symptom of of what they tell me it is. It's their walk with God is not right. And almost without exception, when we deal with that issue and we get that issue taken care of, it's amazing how many times the problems they were dealing with seem to just disappear. Because the Bible teaches us this in Matthew chapter number six and verse number thirty-three that if we will seek first the kingdom of God, He said, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." What what things? Well, just before that verse, he's talking about not taking a thought of of our food and our raiment and all these other necessities of life. He says, if we'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, God will take care of all the rest. And boy, our our Christian life needs to uh, have faith in this. We need to be reminded of this. So how are we to remain steadfast during shaky times, uh, times that we're battling things like we are today? The first one is we need to be reminded that our Christian walk, our personal walk with God... And I want you to understand the potential of it. Understand the potential of this. Because none of us are where we ought to be, are we? Uh, I'll look through the camera. Any of you raise your hand and say, I'm where I ought to be spiritually? (laughs) None of us here have. Uh, We're not where we ought to be or where we know we could be. I'm thankful I'm not where I used to be. But I've still got a long way to go, and so do you. And can I say this, that during times like this, if we're not careful... We will put the Christian life and our walk with God on the cruise control while we try and deal with the situations. And we will neglect our growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you in this that you spend time in your personal walk with God each day. Secondly, we need to be reminded of the power of the gospel. Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1. I have been thrilled in the recent weeks to see so many times, so many things that have been uh, posted on the internet. People that have uh, written texts, people that have written posts, encouraging people to trust Christ as their Savior. If there's one thing I know in times like this, it's that people start thinking about things they don't normally think about, and eternity is one of those things. Especially when we know that there's a mortality rate associated with the. The, the, the coronavirus that we're going through, people begin to think, well, what happens after death? What, am I, what happens if I go through this process? Can I tell you this? We need to be reminded of the power of the gospel. Look with me in Romans chapter number 1, if you will. And uh, did I say Romans 3? Romans chapter 1, I'm sorry. Romans chapter 1, verse number 6. The Bible says, uh, Among whom ye also are called of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I think I've got the wrong passage. I'm sorry. 16, there we go, for I am not ashamed there we go of the Gospel of Christ, for is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so we need to know that in these trying times we have an open door of opportunity to share the gospel with people that many times would have been too busy to listen to us. We've been given a wonderful opportunity, of open uh, people who are are, are more susceptible and more open to listening to a presentation of the gospel than they were three weeks ago. People that are more interested in it. And one thing that I think we ought to be reminded of in our steadfastness and and trying to to, uh, hold to the things that that the Word of God teaches us to hold fast in, it ought to be our our walk with Him. Secondly, it ought to be our soul winning, our time spent uh, understanding the power of the gospel has not diminished. That we we are certainly in a position to take the gospel to a lost and a dying world, and we have more opportunity today than we've had in recent years of our lives to share the gospel. People are more susceptible to listen. People are more susceptible uh, are more accepting in listening and more accepting in uh, 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 being open to that conversation. And I would say this: we as God's people need to understand and be alert and awake. The Bible talks about us. Uh, walking circumspectly, understanding the times, knowing and understanding the things that are around us. And as we see these things happen, that we would take the opportunity that God affords us, that we would take the opportunity to share the gospel even more. Uh, I was talking to uh, one of our church members just uh, yesterday, and one of the church folks here, and uh, said that uh, this is a very uh, uh, relaxing time. <laughs> Because the stores are empty, you go in. You're not fighting the, you know, 500 foot long line in WalMarts or or Sam's or some of these places. And can I tell you this? You can witness to a cashier. There's nobody behind them. Nobody waiting in line. You can talk to somebody at a gas pump. You can talk to somebody in the convenience store. And we've got a great and effectual door that's been opened unto us. And these days, and we ought to be aware of that. We need to be stirred up and reminded of that. All right, number three. 1 Timothy chapter number three. And I I don't know uh, how much we need to be reminded of this because, again, we saw a great great, uh, outpouring last week uh, around the country in general of people that were flocking to church services by way of live stream. But thirdly, we need to be reminded of the priority of our church. The priority of our church and the idea that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And if we cannot do it in person, that we make every effort to join in and participate in the, in the services that are being preached via uh, the live streams or whatever it is. Uh, I've been encouraged already today. We've had people come by and put offering uh, in, in the back of the church because they have kept in mind not that that's the big thing, but they've kept in mind the priority of, of, of the church and the church family and the things that are going on there. And uh, can I tell you this? It'll be very easy in a time like this to lose focus on, on being involved in church. Uh, we, we look at it as uh, almost a vacation time. Most of us, a lot of us are staying home a lot more than we were. Uh, some of you have to work from home. Some of you uh, aren't allowed to get out and about and do things because of some physical problems you have. If we're not careful, it will cause us to diminish the importance of church. Uh, I was talking to my mom last week, and I, I, I jest with her, I joke with her about this, but I called her during the Sunday school hour last week. She's now uh, different than we are, and so before our Sunday school time, they're in Sunday school. And so I called her, and I said, uh, I knew she was at home, and I said, so did you get up and put your makeup on and get all dressed up for church and go to Sunday school today? And she said, no, I'm sitting here in my curlers and my nightgown, sitting in my recliner eating a bowl of cereal, listening to the message in Sunday school. And I laughed with her about that and cut up with her about that. Uh, but can I tell you this, that we need to be reminded of the priority of church during times like this. Get up. Get your Bibles open. Take, take notes. Uh, uh, if you want to, get dressed up. I would encourage you. It would make you feel like you're in church. You know, sing when we sing in the uh, online streaming. Sing with us, even if you don't know the words. Just mumble them, and uh, you'll get you'll fit right in. So, uh, the, don't forget the priority of church. This will help to keep us steadfast. And then I want you to notice, lastly, in Second Corinthians, chapter. Uh, I'm sorry, First uh, Corinthians five uh, three five. I didn't read the scripture for that. Um, I, I think I got second. I wrote these things. So <laughs> sorry about that. I was in writing in a hurry the other day. Is it 15? Yep, I did it again, probably. The priority of the church. Uh, let's see here. Good to have Brother Dan in the service. He helps keep me straight on this stuff. So. Oh, there we go. But if I tarry along that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And, uh, folks, we are, we are given a great responsibility in the church to be the one that is the pillar and ground upon which truth rests. And we need to understand the priority of our church. And then the last one is in 2 Corinthians, and I think we got this one right, uh, written down. In 2 uh, Corinthians, uh, chapter number 12, and verse number 9. 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, and verse number 9. I'm going to back up to verse 7, a great uh, passage here. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The thing that will help us again to remain steadfast during trying times, to put our feet on solid ground during shaking times, is to recognize the sufficiency of God's grace. The sufficiency of God's grace during this time. God's grace is always sufficient. And there may be some trials that we are facing. uh, They may be monetary if we've lost our jobs. Perhaps we've been laid off or uh, told not to come in and and not to work. Perhaps it is dealing with food issues or health issues that are going uh, along with the, the times that we're involved in. One thing that we need to be reminded of daily is that God's grace is sufficient. And he told Paul this. He said, for my strength, is made perfect in weakness. You know, the greatest times of strength in our lives are the times that we are the weakest and we allow God to allow His strength to go through us. Uh, I want to encourage us in some things and and I know a lot of messages have been preached, a lot of articles have been written, a lot of preachers have said a lot of good things and I've been encouraged by most all of them. I know a lot of people have been encouraged by most all of them. But we must remain steadfast during times like this. That we do not allow our faith to become shaken. That we do not diminish or lose the priority of, of the church and the church family. That we be helping one another. That we be busy sharing the gospel. The gospel is not uh, lost its power just because a pandemic came into our, our society. It's still vitally important for those that are lost. And that we recognize the sufficiency of God's grace. And folks, I would encourage you in these things. Again, none of these four are new things. But they are all things that we need to be reminded of from time to time. Things that especially during times like what we're going through are very easy for us to forget one or more of them or to lay them to the side and not reflect on them. So I hope that will be a help and encouragement to us in the days ahead. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for your word and how it instructs us and guides us pray that you would help us to use the things that we have learned throughout this day. Those that uh, have tuned in by way of live stream, we think of Miss Linda and Jennifer and others that are listening by way of live stream today. Uh, I pray that that will be a help and encouragement and blessing that while we're apart, we can at least uh, stay in touch one with the other. that We can still be fed from your word. And I pray that you would help us to uh, put an emphasis and to put a priority on our personal walk. Lord, of of all the times in recent years that we've had that we can focus and give more attention to our personal walk with you, we have been given a great, great opportunity in these last few weeks. Many of us have had much more time for reading and much more time for praying than we've had before this time. And I pray that you would help us to take advantage of it. That while we've got the time, while we have given the opportunity that we can share one with another, that we can spend our time walking with God, that we can encourage each other in the church, and that we can take the gospel to a lost and dying world. Now, Father, we do ask that you would dismiss us with your blessings and thank you for the day that you've given to us together around your word. May it be an encouragement to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All righty.